I started breaking into cars and into people's garages to steal things to sell to support my habit. Then I got picked up by the police and I went to jail and I was like, man, I most likely will die a junkie. Real life starts now. This is Real Life Radio Show with On Lay. I felt alone. I felt lost. I felt scared. Real stories. I was so desperate in living such a dark and callous life. Real people. I was thinking there was no purpose for my life. There was no reason for me to be here. Real problems. I told my dad, if you try to take these drugs, I'm going to kill you. One solution. God. Hope is a person, and his name is Jesus. And now your host, On Lay. Hi, this is Evangelist Don Lay. Welcome to the Real Life Radio Show. We're going to talk to real people who had real problems, but found answers in a real God. Today, we're going to talk about the meaning of life and provide evidence for the answer to one question. Is the pursuit of pleasure the ultimate meaning of life? Now, a lot of people would say so, that the point of life is to work hard and seek fun things to gain pleasure. Seems common sense, right? According to the neuroscientists, the human mind is wired to seek rewards for evolutionary purposes and things that signal to the brain as pleasurable as how the human mind is made of for survival of mankind. Now, yes, we all seek pleasure to some sort of degree, and that is normal. But what happens when the reward system in the brain gets locked onto the wrong thing? Today, we'll have Mikhail James Eshelman on our show who just wanted to live a happy life. And then in his pursuit of that, somehow fell into heroin addiction, and his sole purpose in life was to do anything to get that next high. But today, he has been set free from this addiction and discovered the true meaning to his life. Mikhail, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be here. Ah, great to have you with us. I'm really interested in how you got into heroin addiction and even more interested in how you got out. Tell us, I understand you're just seeking to be happy like any other normal kid. You lived a normal, good life. You lived in a normal, good household. But how did that get into heroin addiction? It was definitely a process that sort of evolved. I grew up in, you know, a traditional Midwest family. I grew up in Fort Wayne, Indiana, and it was a great childhood. I played all types of sports. I played baseball and basketball and soccer and football. And high school rolled around. And I began the phase of rebellion. And I started taking pills. One of my friends brought around some Vicodin. And it took me a little while before I ever gave into the idea of doing it because it just seemed kind of like something a little extreme. But eventually, you know, I saw my friends weren't dying. I saw that they were having fun. And so I did it myself. You know, it's kind of like a weekend thing. I'd take some pills here and there. And that kind of evolved into heavier pharmaceuticals. I started taking Oxycontin and methadone and fentanyl patches. And it always took me a while to give into doing those things. But the people that I was around were doing it. And it was just like one thing led to another. And before I knew it, my friends brought around heroin. And it took me a really long time to give into the idea of, you know, using heroin. It just seemed like such an extreme thing to do. But it was just like the same type of process. Like they were all doing it. And, you know, the pills, the pharmaceuticals were so much money on the streets. And then the heroin was much cheaper. So it just, you know, gave into the idea and ended up doing it one day. And I loved it. Like it seemed like the answer to all my problems. I was kind of a shy kid and it gave me confidence. And I just like felt like I was unstoppable when I was on it. Wow. I understand that as you were getting into it, it seemed like it was okay for everyone else. So it was okay for you too. 
That makes sense. Now, it seems like the substance really made you happy at the time. Yeah, then the needle kind of got thrown into the mix and another thing that took me a while to do. But, you know, as soon as I did it, I remember saying to myself, I'll never do it any other way because I was yielding the most. I was feeling the best. Ah, I see. So for the time being, you felt like you had finally arrived to the point of true happiness with heroin. But didn't you come from a spiritual background of some sort growing up? I did. I grew up going to church and I always knew God existed, but I just ran from him. I didn't really want moral accountability. I wanted to kind of live my own way. And then, you know, before I knew it, I was hooked on heroin. And then I can't believe I'm like here at this level that I never expected that I would be at. Ah, I see. So then at the point of all this happiness that you discovered, I understand your behavior changed to the point that you were stealing and robbing people just to keep all of this good feeling up. Tell us about that. So I had to support my habit and I would pretty much lose most of my jobs. So just unreliable employee. So I started breaking into cars and into people's garages to steal things to sell to support my habit. And that I was stealing from cars and garages one night and I got picked up by the police and I went to jail and ended up getting into a drug court program and spent 17 months in a halfway house. And it was good because I did get clean for a little while, but it was for the wrong reasons. I was kind of forced into it, but it still provided me proof that I can, in fact, get clean because it seemed like this impossible hurdle beforehand. After I graduated from the halfway house, I went back out to heroin again. I started using And then that's when it really got deadly for me. I was in the hospital a handful of times. I got a bacterial infection from a dirty needle, and I got drug-induced pneumonia. One of my friends actually died from that. And I overdosed in my bathroom one night, and I did a shot and just, like, fell over. And I was pretty much, you know, kind of accepting the idea that this could be it for me. Wow. This drug was so powerful that you were willing to put yourself in conscious danger just to get that next high. That's so dangerous. How old were you during this time in your life? I was probably 23 or 24. How does one keep doing that? You know, it's kind of like seeing someone get hit by a train. You don't want to get in front of that train. You know, you don't want to do the same thing that they did. But then you see addicts continue to do so. What did you feel like you started seeing? You know, the warning signs around you. What kept you going on to that drug again? Yeah, I kind of had this like false sense of confidence that it wouldn't happen to me. Right. But at the same time, I kind of accepted the idea that this would probably be my fate. And I didn't really want to succumb to that idea. But at times when you're down and so deep into it, you just have this sense of just like overwhelming hopelessness where nothing much of anything really matters. And so I almost like felt like it would be a relief just for it to be over, you know? And so it was kind of that bridge that I crossed where I was like, man, I most likely will die a junkie. Wow. Seems like you're describing a sort of dichotomy where on one hand, the drug makes you feel so good and it's the meaning to your life, but then you would feel so bad knowing it was likely to kill you. And you're realizing this at a very young age. So life was just about chasing the wind and living desperately for the high. And it seems kind of pointless, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, you know, I was seeking pleasure from every possible means. And in the end, it was just a bursting bubble. 
Mm. So I realized that it was all completely meaningless and I have this huge void in my soul that I always had God like knocking on my door, like trying to get my attention, but I would just suppress him. So I was maybe two or three days clean and I was went on a walk down the railroad tracks one day and I was very foggy in my brain still and it took, you know, years before I really got a clean head. Oh. But I was alert enough to realize like what was going on and kind of snapped out of that state just briefly. And all of my past kind of resurfaced oh. my Christian upbringing in Sunday school and God was knocking on my door and I just completely surrendered to him. I fell to my knees and buckled towards him. I acknowledged my sin for what it was and I remorsefully just repented and I called out to God and said, just like, help me, please. Like, I don't want this life anymore. Oh. Please take it from me. I want to serve you. I want to follow what you want me to do. Oh. And from that moment of repentance and putting my trust in Jesus, everything changed and I never touched heroin again. This is amazing, Mikhail. And I understand that you've been clean for over three years and now you know the true meaning of your life to serve God. It sounds like God broke you out of this addiction by bringing you truth, love, and wholeness, the true meaning of being fulfilled in your life. Yeah. I think many can relate to this in some degree. Now, what would you say to the person who wants to give up on their life right now? They don't know their true purpose in life. Yeah, don't give up, please. Call on the name of Jesus and truly repent of your sins and put your trust in Him and your life will be radically changed. Wow. Thanks so much, Mikhail, for being with us today. Your story is an inspiration to many. Thank you. Don't go anywhere. Let's dive deeper into what you just heard right after the break. If you have a testimony you would like to share, you can audition to be on our show. Just go to www.therealliferadioshow.com. Click on Tell Us Your Story and follow the directions. You can fill out the guest release form and we will get back with you as soon as possible. If you need prayer or someone to talk to, you can always text us at 877-325-8030. Again, that's 877-325-8030. We look forward to seeing your text. Real Life Radio is a ministry of Awakening the Nations, a 501c3 nonprofit organization that depends on your donations. If you would like to find out more about us or to make a tax-deductible donation, please visit our website at www.therealliferadioshow.com. That's www.therealliferadioshow.com. Please help us to expand the reach of these shows. We couldn't do it without you. More Real Life starts now. Welcome back to the show, where we're going to go deeper into what you just heard. So what do you think about this? To me, this testimony is a classic example of the battle that rages inside each one of us. And it's all of our carnal desires, wants, and fantasies. You see, Mikhail's story really paints the picture that if we keep feeding our dopamine reward system and live just for that, then we can feed ourselves to death. Is there such thing as too much pleasure? After listening to this story, I think we could all say, yeah. <laughs> but what is the deeper understanding of why unlimited pleasure types of things are ultimately bad for us? Well, ancient scripture calls all of these internal desires the will of the flesh. Let me show you something neat here. It's written in Romans chapter 8, 12 to 13. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh, for if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit 
you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. See, the Bible verse points out the very thing Mikhail was discovering with his drug addiction. He was living a life to fulfill his wants and desires, and it caused him to nearly put his life in danger. You see, his flesh, the Bible calls it, doesn't know when to truly stop. It's little by little needing more and more and more until it's too much. But there's a different way of living. It's by the Spirit of God. If we become more spiritual in Christ, then we will experience life and life abundant. We'll have more even though we're taking in less because we can truly be filled with God instead of the things of this world. How about you? Father God, I'm praying for the person who's saying, This is me. I'm living by my flesh. I'm living by my own desires, trying to reward myself and just make myself feel good. Lord Jesus, we take a moment to realize how empty this style of life is. And Lord Jesus, we're asking you, Lord, to fulfill us. We're asking you, Lord Jesus, to come into our lives and be the bread that fills us forever. We ask for this in Jesus' mighty name. I hope you're blessed by this testimony, and I know that your life was touched. You can listen to The Real Life Radio Show on Spotify, Alexa, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Samsung, iHeartRadio, and YouTube. See you next time.